You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. I have two scenarios that I'm going to present you with, and I want you to tell me, I guess, just which one you found yourself in more frequently in your dating life. All right. The first scenario is a friends with benefits scenario, a sexual relationship where it's physically fulfilling, but perhaps emotionally distant and and there's no progress in that. That's like also a, a... like an amazing standard for our friends with benefit scenario. Really? That it's physically fulfilling. Wait, so say it again. Physically fulfilling. Uh, just how about this? Physical intimacy, but not much emotional intimacy. I, you, We also have on the opposite end of, the, maybe not on the opposite end of the spectrum, but what we'll say is the second scenario, which is a friend, friend I don't even like this term, but friend zone scenario. And, and I'll define that as emotionally intimate, but no physical intimacy or any kind of commitment intimacy. I mean, by far, the latter was was more frequent for me. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I mean, I've friend zoned 100,000 men in my life. I kind of assumed that was what it is. You're a beautiful woman who's really charismatic well, and then. men want to be with you. And a lot of men who maybe fall short of the of the quest to be your boyfriend end up in a zone where they're emotionally intimate with you, but don't get to have the full breadth of intimacy. Yeah. And that was also a period. I mean, that was a long, I think the majority of my dating life starting from literally like middle school, I I would say I took advantage of that to fulfill my own self-worth. Well, and the reason I asked this is because one of my friends just randomly out of the blue posed this, posited an idea, which is, Friend zone is to women what friends with benefits is to men. Interesting. They he basically said they're the same thing, but gendered. At least for hetero men and hetero women, I'm not 100 percent sure how the gay community would respond to that or feel about that. But it's basically the same thing, but it's their version of it. Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't hate. I hate. I hate to say it. I don't hate that comparison. I actually don't hate that comparison either. I mean, and I think it's interesting to see whether it's statistically consistent because for me, I think it rings true. For me, I would say I skewed more. I definitely skewed more towards the friends with benefits model. However, the only real like long sustained friends with benefits relationship I had was really mostly the females wanted it. And I was accepting of it. And I like came to terms with it, even though I liked her and we had a good relate. You know, we had like some emotional intimacy, but we... She was basically just like, I'm not going to date you. And I just want to like keep this super casual if we're going to keep it at all. And I had to like accept that. And I did. And it worked fine for us. Sure. That's fine that it was the longest one. But you're still saying your tendency was towards a friends with benefits scenario. Yeah. Rel- but relatively even. I, I I really hardly dabbled in either. 
other than that one relationship. You you've said this before that you didn't you didn't have and you don't really have a lot of good female friends. In both cases, it was mo- mostly like I got a taste of these scenarios, experienced them for a little bit, and was like, "This is not for me." Yeah. And there were definitely times, especially when I was like in college, and you know when guys, in my opinion, guys aren't the hottest thing on the on the streets and are not very like I don't know. I just felt I felt my least uh, desirable in like early college, like nineteen twenty. In like those the year nineteen twenty. Yes, the Roaring Twenties. They weren't so roaring for me. Um, there were there were definitely times where I would be, you know, there'd be like sort of this feeling of mutual interest that just never progressed to actual dating or like intimacy. And, and and I figured it out pretty quickly. And maybe there was one or two times where I stuck around a little longer than like I would have liked to, but never like I devoted like a year of really close quote unquote friendship where I was hoping it would turn into a relationship and it just never panned out. That was not really anything that ever happened to me. I will say this. I can only think of off the top of my head, one friends with benefits scenario I've ever found myself in. And it was when I was in high school and he was in my grade and I had known him for a decade. And I definitely wanted it to be more than friends with benefits. And he kept me in that zone. And I kind of like that's usually, I, I, in my opinion, yeah, in my experience, well, that's, that's usually the scenario of how it works. Yeah. I get this, like, I mean, my experience is similar, I think, to like this statistical reality that you know your friend was positing. I wasn't hoping that the conversation would go a certain way, I guess, but flushing it out, it at least seems like it's on trend for both of us. Yeah, or, right. or at least our experiences. Listeners, write in. Let yeah, us listeners, know. Let us know how uh, gendered this conversation is. There's the player type, I think, in all subcultures of dating. And that is definitely a person who I would get into the zone that you're just talking about, which is like flirtation, maybe a little makeout, maybe a hookup. But like I would, by the time I was living in New York, that was like, it was so obvious when you were getting friends with benefited without your like consent that, and there were so many other people to talk to and make you're out with definitely and- you're definitely it's sort of like a catfishing where you're like ignoring signs because you're you like want you're you're living in a fantasy in, yeah. in some way yeah i just like i didn't really like being in sexual relationships with people that i didn't feel like there was intimacy around and i just like i wasn't really i've never been into like having multiple sexual partners at the same time if you can if you can get guys in the friend zone then you're probably not getting finding yourself in the friends with benefits zone and if you can if you can find yourself in the uh, friends with benefits zone, you're probably not finding yourself in the uh, uh, friend zone. Sure. These whole friends with friend is like messing with my mind. You like I'm not saying it. You sh- easily. You've struggled. It, it's not smooth. Um, just make a note right here in editing. Like really smooth me out, <laughs> smooth daddy me. Believe me, I do a lot of smooth dadding in the post production process for like Andy's uh, rep. The the series of questions that we have before us over the next couple weeks are all in the vein of the engagement through the honeymoon period. A lot of like decision-making. I didn't go down, I think, the wedding path as much, but 
we had a pretty untraditional or very maybe like more transactional engagement, wedding, and then honeymoon period. Like none of this was standard. I feel like the closest was maybe the honeymoon. Right. But it was a year after we got married. Totally unsaid. Like our actual honeymoon, if you look at it in like a vacuum, our honeymoon was a honeymoon. Yes. Everything else, not so much that like traditional, you know, typical way that people do things. I don't think we did something outside of what we wanted. No, we didn't. We didn't let like the world impart on us too much, but it was weird because it kind of worked out it how was COVID 2020 zoned. wanted people to have get married. Yeah, yeah. So we got engaged in August of 2021 pretty casually. Like, very, I would say very casually. Yeah, I guess it's funny because we, we got engaged. We just talked about it and then like picked out rings and then. Like our proposal date is when we got engaged. I, I proposed in October, but we had already agreed like, to get married in August, yeah, basically. Like August, we were like, yes, we're going to get married. Then we were like, let's start planning our wedding. Then we decided we're going to elope. Then we like looked at rings. So it was like by the proposal, like I already had literally ordered the announcements. You got a Google calendar up. You got a calendar alert uh, when I bought the rings. Yeah. Which is atypical. <laughs> was amazing. So Andy, you know, Andy, Andy was responsible for the rings. That was like on the checklist of how how are we getting married? Perhaps was, the only thing I was. There was very few other things that you were responsible for. So I had this Google spreadsheet and I was like checking it daily to like make sure we were on track. And and it was like our budget. It was all the things we had to do and pay for and what the cost of everything was. Anyway, so Andy goes, you know, Andy does a lot of grocery runs. He like goes to the grocery store seven days a week and he'll be like, eh, I'm just going to go to the grocery store. But we live within 10 minutes of the grocery store he goes to. So it's a it's like this is a 30 minute outing at best. And midday he goes and he's gone for like two hours. He comes home and in like in my head, I immediately know like, yes, he's definitely getting the rings. He Nothing comes gets by Eleanor. The the like icing on the cake was he goes, gets this ring, like hides the ring in his closet, comes upstairs, <laughs> opens the Google Doc, which I'm probably in, by the way, like perpetually, <laughs> and just like types like, Check, picked up the ring. This was the total cost. Like, couldn't stop for a second to think this is a shared document that, like, my wife, who, like, I'm going to propose to this weekend is in 24 7. Yeah. What was going through your head? Nothing. Basketball scores or something. I have no idea what was going through my head. I think this is a great moment to head into to get the into question. It? Yeah, actually. Are we going to get dirty? No, we are not right. going to get dirty. Everybody just imagine we're on our honeymoon because we didn't get to record on our honeymoon. We, and again, we could have. We just didn't do it. We were it. on our honeymoon. You yeah. know, like we were just going with we vibes and it was honeymoon vibes rather than podcast vibes. Of downtime. Like it would have been very easy to just no, almost put no like downtime. an hour into our schedule every day. Anyway, user Jess3399 writes, my fiance and I got engaged a few weeks ago and I'm extremely happy to be engaged to him. This is something we've talked about for a long time. I just, I can't help but feel disappointed about the proposal. He decided to propose to me on the last day of my semester. I told him I was reluctant to make any plans that day, but he followed through and bought tickets for the zoo lights. I spent the whole day extremely stressed trying to fi finish a final paper. I ended up writing the paper during a one and a half hour drive, and I was still not done when we arrived. I spent the whole time stressed out about how I was going to finish this paper before midnight. He thought he could make my whole stressful day better by proposing. 
I honestly wish he decided to propose after he saw how stressed out I was. Overall, it, it didn't feel magical and I barely reacted to the proposal. And then I felt so guilty about my lack of reaction. I spent the last two weeks feeling like crap for how I'm feeling because I know he put a lot of time and energy into planning the proposal. I feel like I've spent my whole life setting high expectations for this moment. How do I get over the disappointment? Oh, boy. So. Boy, oh, boy. Like, let's just put ourselves in this position. How did you feel when you needed to plan this proposal for the two of us? I don't know. (laughs) That's basically how the proposal went. (laughs) (laughs) Our proposal didn't go great, folks. I am not. There's a couple things. I'm not great at planning. I'm not naturally romantic. Um, I am not world renowned for thinking things through like this, like an event like this through. I was, I also found myself in a weird position where I was very nervous for, for what reason? I don't know. We already had a wedding date. I already knew you were going to say yes. Yeah. (sighs) So then what did you end up doing? You know, I haven't, I haven't reflected that much on this situation until like the other day you mentioned how it wasn't very good. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm, I'm like, sorry, then people, I reflected I may, on it. Every once in a while, I'll drop a little bit of the, well, it was a little bit of a phone it in moment. Yeah, you know, it really was. It was not great. Can you, you know? just describe where you did sure. it and so, what it, what the actual environment was when we were in it? So what I will say it was it wasn't very well planned by me. And then there were some alternative things or exterior factors that made it even like much worse. We have... One of the most beautiful Japanese gardens in America called Kubota Gardens, which is like this famous Japanese landscape architect uh, created a long time ago. So it's super old. So it's really well grown in and like a very mature, very beautiful. It's free. It's just a sweet place to go. To my knowledge and to the several times I had been there, four or five times I'd been there, a completely hidden gem that like very few people go to. And like even if a lot of people go to it, the experience we've had in the past is it doesn't feel full. no it's like a, so it's even like when a, there's like a hundred people there it doesn't feel like you're in the middle of central park you know you feel like you have little enclaves of privacy and peace and you aren't really in each other's space if you don't want to one of the critiques eleanor had for it was that it is a very special place to me not maybe as special to her and i kind of picked it for my own reasoning and maybe not her reasoning which hashtag Zoo lights. Zoo lights. God, that guy just loves the fucking zoo. <laughs> um, it's just like it's you got to put yourself in your partner's shoes and be like, what is this person's special places? What is the what is the moment? What are the places that bring that person joy for for what I thought was your needs as well as my needs? I did not want to do any kind of like very public situation. Hence why I thought Kubota Gardens would be a great choice. Sure, sure, sure. Here's what happened, folks. It was late October. It was really warm. It was like unseasonably warm, like 65 degrees, which is pretty warm for like late October here. It felt like the stars were aligning a little bit, but they aligned in the opposite way because (laughs) it was also COVID, but it was, you know, relative, you know, six months, eight months into COVID. So we were, you know, still feeling it out. 
There were thousands and thousands and thousands of people at the garden. I've literally never seen more than 10 people there. And I'm not exaggerating when I say there were 2000 people there. We so and we get into the truck, his truck to drive down there. And, you know, I'm already very well aware that I'm getting engaged to on this trip. Like I'm like a little dressed up. I know that the ring has been bought that week. I know that like he's like, oh, let's go do something nice today. I'm like, okay, so whatever we're doing is where he's going to propose. I'm like already feeling his nerves in the car. He's like, he's clearly in his head. He's like not casual at all. We've been to this place a million times. Like again, every indicator is like lining up and we drive to the parking lot and it's like, we had to park like a mile away. Like like, we had to drive into a neighborhood and park and it was clearly all Kubota gardens traffic. This is where I would, my advice. And again, we're not giving advice. The guy who proposed that yeah, ship you, has do sailed. Do you pull a parachute in this situation? You fucking pull a parachute. You yeah. say, this isn't what I want. I mean, I, I considered want. it. This isn't what I want to do. I considered it. And like, I think you, I think you're right. Like, I guess like in that moment, you're making these like really, I think when you see something completely abnormal, then you expect on a day where you're supposed to do like a thing that you're already really stressed out about, cut bait and just like okay. be like, let's go get donuts. And like, don't worry about the proposal for a while. Is there a scenario in which the OP who's waited her entire life for this moment and built up a lot of, uh, around it, doesn't freak the fuck out when he pulls the ripcord in the middle of it? And is like, is he going to propose? Did he like decide not to? Like in this scenario, there in our scenario, it probably would have been fine for me to be like, you know what? I was going to propose to you today. This is a disaster. Let me recoup. Let's wait another week. I'll get something better you on the books. You also don't have to tell me. You could have just been like, I, like, of course okay. I knew, but okay. like, you could have just been like, let's not do this. This is so insane. Okay. And just like, let it go. Like the whole part of a proposal is like this delicate balance between what makes this person like feel joy, what makes you feel comfortable and like in your own worth and like What's true confidence. to you? What's true to yeah. you? Yeah. What's true to and me? Then, What's true like, to you? And then like, just like the environmental realities of what's going on and, and having to dance around those things, I think it's complicated, but these are the types of moments where you, you actually have to be really present. Are, do you have any regret about our proposal? Sure. I wouldn't, I would have liked it to go differently for you. The thing is like- I also would have liked it to go differently for you. <laughs> sure. Well, okay. Let's just close out. So what happened once okay. we got so into Kubota Gardens? Kubota Gardens has literally 2 million people. There are There is no nook or cranny that is not infested with people. And like we waited until there were like no people around and I did it. But Eleanor was like, don't get on your knee. Like, let's just get out of here. It was really not a great situation, to be honest. It was, it was <laughs> so you know, <laughs> looking back, it was it was fumbled. It was a, uh, a botched- uh, attempt. I completely understand. I don't think she's wrong to feel sad and like wish it went better. Um, I think her man, like many men before, probably ignored some signals that should have been noticed. But you know, it's hard when once the train's rolling and you're like planning and doing stuff and like trying to get this all get get everything going and you leave station, it feels like you can't go back. And uh, I don't know. I do think there's an alternate world where if he just like doesn't propose that night, like he might, they might break up over it. Like, (laughs) no, no, I I I don't think that that's not like you're acting like women are so precarious that if you like don't pull the trigger exactly when they assume you will, like they're going to decide that the marriage is non feasible. Yeah.
Let's hear what the Redditors have to okay. say. User Damsel Distress, but one of the S's is a five, so let's just be clear. Writes, I feel the exact same way. Disappointed. <laughs> I got engaged in November and it was flat. We were visiting my family for Thanksgiving and we were headed back home, but decided to go to the coast to take a stroll with my family beforehand. I had a horrible outfit on and I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> we were supposed to take a picture and he just drops on one knee and says three sentences that I don't remember and that was it. What was the most upsetting was I didn't want my family there. The whole proposal seemed to be my sister's idea and there was no nice celebration after, no flowers, no more mushy words from my now fiance, just business. Fast forward a month and I feel so lonely. I'm starting to second guess whether he's my forever. This should be one of the happiest seasons of my life and it feels the complete opposite. I agree with all the other comments. Try not to focus on the proposal, but the happy wedding and marriage to come. For myself, how do I do that if I'm reconsidering the engagement? I mean, that answer was a was an OP in itself. Was it? Is this even That's about not the even proposal? An, that wasn't even an answer. That was a I, hey. I've also got a question. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, for so for this woman, she's like a couple weeks ahead of the other late of the OP, and she's like. Fuck the proposal. How about the whole damn thing? Like, <laughs> I yep. honestly think that sounds like a pretty lovely time. And she had a shitty time. And that might be a reflection of how she actually feels about what's about to happen to her. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I think in many ways, these are the tale of two different types of relationships, right? So a proposal can be not what you want. Our proposal isn't what either one of us wanted. And yet it's irrelevant to my relationship with you, whether the proposal was good. It has nothing yeah. to do with like our marriage. Like, and to be honest, like I, I I know that like pictures and stuff matter, but like your outfit, who get, like if the love of your life proposes to you and you're mad because you didn't like the outfit you were wearing, like that seems kind of trivial in my m mind. I, I do think you need to really understand, like, what do you value in a partner? And I know you're not good at planning Yeah, you things. did not marry me for my logistics Right, I, I know you well enough. I knew that that wasn't going to be a strength. Like, I know that's not you. Like, you don't even, you don't want to fucking get on The whole fucking thing was, yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, I was just thinking about this one. If it were up to me, we wouldn't have done it because I don't want to do any kind of proposal. That's never something I've ever wanted to do in my entire life. And- if I can be honest, it ended up being true to me, which was a total fucking disaster, <laughs> which is I had to plan something. My terrible ADD logistics brain got the better of me and the world smite spited me by having 10 million people show up. This is what happens when I plan things. Right. And it's not always, but it happens a lot. So, you know, it was true to me. It wasn't true to you. It wasn't what you wanted. It You know, that's what I'm remorseful and sad for. Yeah. You let go. You let life happen. You let- You roll with the punches. You roll with the punches. You don't make it into this like profound symbol. And yeah, and that's that's kind of my advice. It, it's not super deep. Yeah. Remember that like fleeting month or two at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was ashamed to have complaints? Like yeah. people like lost their whole weddings and were like, I can't really complain because like we're in a pandemic. I'm not dying. That fucking wore of off COVID. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> this lady's like zoo lights wasn't good enough for me. Okay. User serious booty writes. So team serious booty. I'm so glad I saw this post. 
Yes, I just got proposed to on Christmas Day after I told him multiple times. I don't like it when people propose on holidays or birthdays. (laughs) His reasoning was that he knows how much I love Christmas. True. (laughs) And that I wanted my family there. Also true. Love serious booty. But never said it was necessary. I knew it was coming when he said he had a card for me that I had to open last. And then my family started recording me. (laughs) It wasn't a surprise at all. And it felt super underwhelming. It was something that I've always dreamed of. And it was nowhere near what I wanted it to be. I know he tried his personal best and truly thought it was the best idea. But I'm disappointed. He's so sweet, so I'll never say anything to him, but I'm honestly quite emotional about how disappointed I am. I know I'll be over it in like a year from now, but I just wish I could go back and redo it. I think at the end of the day, there are a lot of women with, I think, unrealistic expectations Uh, about what they're going to get in their proposal. One, what I was just thinking of, this is kind of a Christmas wrapping. There is this weird thing where... Uh, Eleanor is really good at wrapping presents, like amazingly good, like better than the people at Macy's good. And I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. And the irony and the paradox is, is that the person who cares about wrapping gifts and is really good at it never gets a well-wrapped gift. They only give them to, to other people like me who couldn't give a rat's ass how well the, the gift is wrapped. I mean, I just noticed that they're amazingly wrapped, but it's not something that matters to me at all. So we're in this world where I do a poor job at something that matters to you and you do something really exceptional that doesn't matter at all to me. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that's a lot like what engagements are yeah. more often than not. Maybe we should all have a little perspective about these wrapping gift gift paradox moments in our lives and and maybe that'll help us feel a little bit better about them i yes i think that's well said We may not have actually recorded any episodes on our honeymoon, but we did make good on our other promise. We did. Oh my gosh, we did. So we made a promise that we were going to include a new segment. We don't have a segment title for it yet. You have a few too. I do. Okay. Then I'm going to say one and then you're going to say one. Okay. One potential name is this episode's IMHO, in my honest opinion. Okay. Uh, Mine is... Also not experts. So let's hear from some also not experts. Unsolicited advice. Good. But we did solicit them for it. Yeah, but it's like unsolicited <laughs> for the Redditor. Okay. But they also also solicited it. <laughs> um, uh, friends on location. Advice from ship captains. Ship captains? Yeah, I'm, I was wondering if you would understand what that meant. No. Do you know what shipping is? Uh, it's when you send a package or you... <laughs> Do you know what shipping is in the like Dating colloquial world? internet world? No. It's like if you're going to ship a couple, you're going to... Sh- you want them to get into a relationship. So you'll be like watching a television like show. No, it's more like like if you're watching Gilmore like Girls st- like and you're somewhere? like, do you want like Rory and Dean to ship or do you want... Like relationship? Okay. So he hates it. All right, we have no clue what this segment is going to be called. We just said a bunch of things and... Correspondence and friends. What does that mean? I don't know. What is it called when you... Correspondence and friends what is, it is called... a horrible segment What title. is it called on the news when they go to like a... Cor... It's Live a... with... It's like a correspondent though. Yeah. Like our... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Our like DC correspondent, our... 
That's what I was, tra- I was trying to incorporate correspondent with something, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Our current segment, To Be Named, is a voicemail from a friend. And this week, Uncle Tony's on the mic. Hell yeah. He is uh, a fantastic advice giver. Here's what he has to say to Jess3399. Hey, everyone. It's Che Diaz from Sex in the City. No, just kidding. <laughs> God, I hate that show. So I think Jess's feelings are totally valid. And of course, I'll make this about me. Brent just left the house so I can talk about this. So recently, it was his birthday. And it was a huge weekend because I had a very important interview the following week on Tuesday. And birthdays for Brent are like the world's biggest, greatest celebrations. Usually, we've gone to Maldives, rented like a house on the beach. It's a big event. But obviously, this year, COVID, um, we had to stay locally. So Naturally, went to Disney, you know, big fan of the mouse here. Um, I planned like a full spa day, a nice dinner at night. It was like an entire weekend that was really booked. And entire time, basically leading up to the big weekend, um, Brett knew how stressed I was about not having enough prep time for uh, my interview the following week. And in the back of my head, I was expecting him to be more understanding of the situation and maybe suggest like, hey, maybe we put off the birthday weekend and we do it the following weekend after your interviews. But it seemed like maybe he didn't quite understand how severe <laughs> and like lacking I was in terms of needing to study. So um, it was felt kind of like he was downplaying the importance of what I was working on. Uh, and I guess that's kind of similar to Jess when uh, she you know, obviously had this huge paper to write and he literally saw her writing the paper in the car so i guess what's going on here is just a little bit of like tone deaf not being able to read the room so i can understand just frustration you know this is a a two-way partnership at times sometimes that can reflect poorly if it's just all give 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 maybe some suggestions maybe we need to lower our expectations People are just constantly disappointed one way or another so it's helpful to sometimes just take like a giant step back ask yourself are we achieving what we wanted to get out of life? Um, In this case, it just seems to say that she's extremely happy to be engaged, albeit the proposal was at the wrong time. I think the best thing for just moving forward, maybe just swallow this one. Don't bring it up. Um, It's not like he can propose again or she can propose again. And maybe focus on setting boundaries. And that's something I can work on as well. Who knew this was going to be like a therapy session for me? You can't look back now, Jess. You have the rest of your lives to work out any communication issues and you'll make new memories. Um, So just take this one as it is and enjoy the rest of your lives together. Yeah, be happy. It's interesting that Uncle Tony had almost like a very similar situation on his hands. Uh, I like what Uncle Tony says, like take a step back and see if you're getting what you want out of life. I think that's a really interesting point in this case, especially when you think about the the Redditor response, that first yeah. one. I think when you, if you can like go way up to the 30,000 foot view and say, I want to be with this person, we're going to have like a ton of moments that are going to go sideways on us that are not going to be our planned perfect fairy tale. But like, I want to be in this relationship. I feel prepared for it. I feel excited for it. And 
Sometimes I'm not going to get everything that I want out of like every romantic gesture or instance. The OP really seems excited to get married and that's what's important. And the damsel in distress is having second thoughts and she should really meditate and reflect on those. There are these big moments in our lives where there is a ideal that you want to meet. Getting pregnant, your pregnancy, there are ways for a pregnancy to be unbelievably joyful and beautiful and full of magic. And then there are ways to be pregnant where you just vomit at the smell of nearly anything that you use to like to eat. What I would say is, you know, a bad proposal, not even a bad proposal, a proposal that didn't go as you expected or wanted or didn't feel as magical is like literally the course correcting on that is so minor. You know what I mean? It's not like these huge going off the rails. It's just like a little minor adjustment. And then you get back on and you're like. Well, and also, yeah, having a blast again. That, that's just ex- that's expectations in general, and we we all build a narrative of love of what marriage is supposed to look like, and and that's like expecting your marriage to be p- perfect. Of course, like all of the events that lead up to it and are uh, follow it are not going to be perfect, aren't going to go exactly how you want, and that's just life. Like you have to, I don't know, I I, I wouldn't expect a perfect engagement. I also wouldn't expect a perfect marriage because it's very challenging and difficult, and there's highs and lows. Agreed. The natural end to our podcast has come because our cat is at the bottom of the stairs just meowing her little head off. For what reason? (laughs) No, she has no reason. She's been meowing for a good 45 minutes. So, all right. We should do this again, Eleanor. I'd love to do this again, Andy. Okay, bye. Let's do this again. Fresh Out of Experts is a production of Narrowest, a website exploring what makes podcasting similar to and deeply different from what came before. You can find more about the show at narrowest.news and at Narrowest on social. That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. Our theme music is Only Knows, courtesy of Broke for Free. Additional music is Crazy Glue by Ed Navarro Music. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.